In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. In 1999, a fertility nurse and computer programmer got married in New Jersey. Melanie and Bill McGuire settled down in New Jersey for what seemed like a quiet life in the suburbs. However, in April 2004, Bill mysteriously vanished. Sometime later, his car was found abandoned in Atlantic City, and eventually suitcases with his body parts were found scattered throughout the area. Questions started surrounding Melanie because of the disappearance of her husband, And the investigation focused in on her as the prime suspect. Did Melanie McGuire brutally murder her husband? Betches Media presents Not Another True Crime Podcast. It's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. Welcome back to the Suitcase Killer Podcast, where we only talk about the suitcase killer. Um, just kidding. <laughs> it is our new uh, our new beat, our new niche, our yes, new everything. It is yeah. our beat. This is not another true crime podcast. We are covering the other suitcase killer. We had to. It was we just truly to. like, I mean, honestly, the name alone sucks us in deep. And also we all, I think each of us individually... Uh, read two articles that was about this woman when we were not covering her. Uh, and then I kept, yeah, I kept on trying to link uh, our last week's episode to Jersey. There was no luck, but now there is only luck with that. Now there's, I know, I was going to say, not just because we did half the outline on the yeah. wrong suitcase killer. But this one, I think, honestly, I think this woman is the real suitcase killer. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, this one is, uh, there's a lot of layers to this one and more suitcases involved too, just yes. from that in terms of quantity yeah i was gonna say from sheer volume of suitcases alone like she has earned the title i feel like. yeah and this is definitely the woman i would not fuck with this woman i don't want no. either of them but this one especially no i mean you know that you are like a cold bitch when the the biography about you and and like the alleged murder that you committed is like yeah, some people thought she was really great, but other people were like, if you crossed her, she would really humiliate you. That that part, that word, not even like get mad at you, like, oh, you, we're going, we're going, not even housewives, we're going middle school, but in our 30s. I kind of respect it. Like, they were like, she was really witty, but if you crossed her, she would use that wit to just emotionally eviscerate you. Yeah. And I mean, she is a fan of true crime podcasts, mainly just the one that is trying to, uh, <laughs> yeah, the one trying to exonerate her. Yeah. Uh, but besides I don't know about that, that, I don't yeah. really, I don't really trust that one. Oh, yeah. But should we get into her? Yes. Yes. We are talking about Melanie Slate, AKA Melanie McGuire. Otherwise known as the suitcase killer. Otherwise known as the suitcase killer. Otherwise known as the lady who insists that she's not the suitcase killer. <laughs> Lots going on. Lots going on. I want to give a shout out to John Gillette, the author of To Have and to Kill, which a lot of it was available on Google Books and it gave us like a lot of good background. Yeah, I hope he gets coined from that. I don't think so, but uh, great book. <laughs> Here's the thing. He put... He put like the best, well, no, he didn't put the best parts. He put like 
the best parts for when we do our research because you never find news articles that really go into like someone's background. Yeah. Not not very much. So he gave us like all the way up to the murder and then it was like, oh, no, this part's cut. And then it was like the last page and I was like, damn it. But the man knows what he's doing because now what I want to buy that book. And then also ABC News kind of uh, filled in the blanks between that. Oh, yes. Very true. Yeah. I think there's like a 2020 episode. Mm-hmm. There's also a Dateline. Um, there's really no shortage of suitcase killer content. I, yeah. I haven't checked. I'm sure there's a Snapped too, you know. Ooh. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure. I'm, yeah. But let's just get into some of this background. So Melanie Slate grew up in Ridgewood, New Jersey. Shouts out. Shout, um, shout out. Yes, she majored in statistics at Rutgers and then went to nursing school. Which I'm like, that is so much math and science going on. Because I believe she double, yeah, well, I mean, I guess statistics is a part of math, but I know like yeah. she like double majored in both of them. But I'm like, and then nursing, I'm like, that is so much. I know. Intense. I mean, it makes sense why she was such a good nurse, like really smart. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. She, uh, I guess in college she, ha- or yeah, at school she had this relationship with a guy named Jim Finn who really liked her, but it kind of cooled off when she graduated. And she ended up um, dating a man named Bill McGuire during the time that she was in nursing school. She graduated second in her class from the Charles E. Gregory School of Nursing in 1997, and she ended up bringing Bill to her graduation as her date. Ooh, Okay. No, I'm like, damn, we're bringing dates to graduation. Uh, like, could you? <laughs> I'm like, how many tickets did you have? <laughs> oh, that's actually so true. Yeah, those I feel were like, like you were at my college. Was like, you can choose one parent. Li- literally, yeah. They were like, I hope you don't have extended relatives, and you're like, all good, thank you. Yeah, no, you're like, okay, I guess not. Um, so even though Melanie's friend Lori Thomas said. That Melanie told her that she and Bill would fight a lot. In late 1997, they got engaged. Uh, Melanie's parents weren't super thrilled about this. And particularly Melanie's stepdad, Michael, he didn't think Bill was, like, worthy of his mm. of his daughter. I feel, I mean, how many of us have friends that are in their 20s and they're, you're, like, it's the couple that, like, fights all the time in our mess. And you're like, oh, you guys are getting engaged? Okay. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, <laughs> choices get made. Right. And you're over here with your like healthy relationship and you're like, huh, interesting. <laughs> you're like, that's suspicious. Oh, wait, but t- share what is their commonality? Oh, yeah. So Bill and uh, Michael ended up bonding over one hobby. They both loved gambling <clears throat> in Atlantic City. I mean, <laughs> who does? Actually, I don't like to gamble, but I do like Atlantic City. It's a I fun don't like place. I literally hate gambling so much. I like going to Atlantic City because you can drink for free because they think you'll get drunk enough to gamble. No, baby. Yes. I'm going to get drunk enough to go home and order room exactly. service. Exactly. No, I'm just going to sit in front of the penny slot machine. Joke's yeah. on you. I do think um, a future de- uh, father-in-law and son going to Atlantic City, they probably bonded over a few, like, a lot goes down there. A few things. I know. I feel like it's kind of like the hangover waiting to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And here's, like, kind of the weird thing about Bill. Like, this book kind of portrays him as, like, a bit of a scammer. Like, I don't know if it's technically illegal, but he just always had these schemes. Um, For instance, he would do this thing at the casinos in Atlantic City where he would put a bunch of money in the bank at one of the hotel casinos, not gamble, and then take it out. 
And then when he would do that, the people working would be like, oh, wow, like which room are you staying in? You know, is so much money. And then he'd be like, oh, I'm not staying here. I'm staying at a such and such hotel. And they'd be like, oh, well, we have to have you stay here. Like here, we're going to upgrade you and like throw all this free shit at him. Can That's I, a good gig. I was going to say there is scamming that I do not like. And that's a lot of it. But this is kind of like, this is upgrade scamming, which I was like, if I knew how to maneuver ATMs well enough, I would be doing this too. Part of, yeah, I know. But part of me is like, do they not look at, like, there's no transaction history on the money. Like, you know, I can just put $30,000 into a casino and then not touch it and take it out two hours later and they think I won that money. I don't know. That's right. Or they think they it's all come from the tips and everything like that too. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. And also speaking of Jersey, guys, I want to apologize for my voice and if I'm like sniffling because uh, my brother got married in New Jersey over Yay. the weekend and I totally have like a sinus infection now. So it's oh, great. That, that's, how, <laughs> that's what happens with an open bar. No, it was fun. I didn't even drink that much because it started coming on like, all, like at the wedding. Oh. And I was like, oh, I don't want to blow my nose and ruin my makeup. Um, so I was like that's drinking hard. a mimosa. <laughs> Oh, that's you're like you're like, like having a hot juice. toddy. Yeah, exactly. I know. I didn't think they'd make me a hot toddy, but maybe they would have. But I was like, orange I don't think juice they would have. <laughs> yeah, that's right? yeah, that's a good that's a good in, uh, meat in the middle. Yeah, and then everyone's like, "Are you drinking a mimosa?" And I'm like, "Yeah, what of it?" <laughs> Honestly, like a power move. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, that's that's my story. So please don't write in a negative review that I'm like too sniffly or nasally, <laughs> um, or more nasally than usual. Let her live. But anyway, that was Bill's Atlantic City grift that we will definitely not be stealing. <laughs> he also made this big to do about wanting to open up his own restaurant. And he had a history like he was working as a waiter when he um, like first started dating Melanie. Um, and he really wanted to open up his own restaurant with his friends, Regina and Kevin Knowles. No and relation to Beyonce. I, unfortunately. <laughs> and he would be like, he would tell them like, Oh, here's this property for sale or, Oh, you know, this restaurant, we can buy it. And Regina would be like, Bill, we don't have the money. And he would be like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll get the money. And I just, I feel like any time anyone says, I'll get the money, like you, you can't take that money. No, 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 no. Because you're like, where are you, where are you getting, where are you getting this from? And also it's not coming. <laughs> it's not coming. It's not coming. And um, Regina also said, she told the, the author of this book that she kind of always thought that Bill lived beyond his means, but she was Melanie's friend and Melanie was happy. So she never said anything. And Melanie's stepdad said of Bill, there was always something about a deal. There was always a deal. So he's very, always finessing. Yeah, very death of a salesman. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just always finessing. Um, and as an RN, Melanie became really interested in the OBGYN field and she accepted a job in the infertility division of St. Barnabas Medical Center in Livingston, New Jersey, working in the egg donor division. And at this time, this is like all kind of new. Yeah. like Especially very... like the surrogacy stuff that she was doing later on. Because it's like, it's like, it's still even relatively new. So back then, 100%. True. Very true. And her patients described her as very professional, but sometimes sassy. And Same. Yeah, same. I know. And her superior said that she was a fantastic nurse with a razor sharp wit, but that wit could be a problem if she didn't like you. So kind of like what um, we said before, how she would just like turn that sarcasm on you. Her friend Lori Thomas, who was a fellow nurse, said into having to kill, quote, she could be very mean and sarcastic about other nurses if she didn't like you. She'd humiliate people. 
Yeah. That's also like a weird for like, I mean, I guess anywhere, but like in like a medical sense, like are the, pa- like could the patients be humiliated? Like the other, like, I feel like that's a lot of hard layers with that. Yeah. I mean, none of her patients had anything bad to say about her from what mm-hmm. I read, but yeah, you never know. They might have been too, sh- they might have just repressed it. It's true. I mean, it's the opposite of like the, oh, she lit up a room. It's like, she's kind of a bitch. Yeah, because she's still alive and can read it. So they're like, you know what, Grandma, tell you what I think. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And Bill's sister Nancy first kind of, at first was endeared to Melanie because Melanie would listen more than she talked. But Nancy kind of realized later that this was maybe less caring and more just calculating. Oh, that is kind of deep. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And before they were even married, here's here's what's really like red flag alert. And I will say that from what I've read of this book, like it, it seems pretty clear to me that they are not interested or it's not painting a picture of like Melanie's innocence. No, not at all. Just going to go out on a limb and, and guess that much. But red Especially because it's called to have and to kill. That's true. <laughs> that, it's not called like to have and to kill, question mark. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. So um, before they even got married, Melanie secretly stopped taking birth control and she started taking these fertility drugs that she got at the hospital. And again, like she didn't tell Bill this. Mm. So that is like really sketch. Very sketchy. However, she was having affairs with at least two married doctors at St. Barnabas and we'll get into one of them. And about four months before her wedding in February, Melanie found out she was pregnant and like Bill was not happy. And she later miscarried, so Bill was kind of relieved. Mm-hmm. But, and and he kind of made it clear that he didn't want to have a baby before the wedding, and I think her family was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but Melanie ignored him and continued taking the drugs anyway. Mm-mm-mm. And then she got pregnant again. And three days before their wedding, Bill filed for bankruptcy. What a, what a, what a way to kick off a honeymoon. I know. Yeah, so this was weird. So, well, actually, first, like, before we even get into the bankruptcy, so she got pregnant in April, which was, like, just, like, months before the wedding. She got a sonogram the morning of her wedding and brought it to the wedding. Here comes the scantron. (laughs) Like, that's a weird... Weird. I'm like, is this your, like your centerpieces like why yeah it's the like the flower girl really bizarre and so so then she's pregnant before the wedding and then three days before bill filed for bankruptcy and then melanie filed a few months after that so one of his friends said that like usually when you file for bankruptcy you're broke um but one of his friends said that he wasn't really broke. It was kind of a legal strategy. And he mm. was like exploiting some kind of bankruptcy loophole that existed at the time. Um, and he apparently told his sister that if they filed for bankruptcy, he and Melanie could get a better interest rate later on when they bought a house. Which like confused me because I, well, I mean, I guess this was like the loophole back then. Because like now I think if you get bankruptcy, you can't like own and you can't buy anything for like seven years. But maybe they were waiting down the line. Yeah, I think, I mean, also, like, who knows with Bill and his schemes if this was a really good, if this was actually a good strategy or if it was just, like, a strategy. Yeah, he asked Jeeved how the best way to buy a house. And oh it was gosh. just, let's just go bankruptcy. Oh, my gosh. But they did get married. They settled down in Woodbridge, New Jersey. She has a thing for the ridges. 
Yes, they oh. had that baby, and then she got pregnant again pretty soon after. So it's all all seems to be, despite the bankruptcy, the affairs, the pregnancy by going off birth control, just a classic family. A family, a family of four, I guess you will. Classic oh Jersey family, I guess you could say. <laughs> Cut to July 2000, Melanie started working at a new surrogacy clinic called Reproductive Medicine Associates, which is now one of the largest fertility clinics in the U.S., so I mean, shout out to RMA. And it was founded by a bunch of doctors from St. Barnabas, which is a very, like, that is a very good hospital. Yeah, and that's where she was working before, and she was actually handpicked to start working at this clinic. She's Um, smart girl. Yeah, that's what I'm, like, she was a really good nurse, yeah, she was a really good nurse, like, people really liked her and um surrogacy was also really new at this time like there had just been this big lawsuit um in new jersey i think because basically a woman who was acting as a surrogate um decided to change her mind and didn't want to give up the baby so it was this whole like lawsuit and i think the book said that the court ended up giving like the parents the non-surrogate parents uh like custody. custody, but the surrogate would get visitation. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. Real law and That's order episode. Very. Yeah, I'm like, Let why do say. you want this? This person who tried to steal the baby now gets to visit the baby. I don't think so. I'm glad I'm not a judge. <clears throat> no, oh, God, no. No, 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 no. Uh, so, yeah, but like Sarah was saying, Melanie was a very successful nurse, really in demand. Most of the women wanted her when they went through their surrogacy process. The process, I mean, it's a pricey process. It cost about 40K, then I think it is more expensive now. Oh, I I was just at this event where this woman, I don't know, don't ask me why, but she was saying that it starts at $100,000. That's in. Yeah. Also, that's not an all-encompassing figure. It it could probably vary, so, like, don't come for me. But that's what was told to me at this event. Oh, God. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a very, I mean unsurprisingly, a very intense and emotionally tolling process. And Melanie was there not just for, like, the kind of, like, standard nurse practices from, like, a medical POV, but, I mean, like, it's in a very emotional thing. So she was the support person that these women could trust, have moments with, like, fears, anything like that, kind of just be, like, a a shoulder to talk to. Yeah, she would, like, give them her number and be, like, call me anytime. Which is, which, I mean, it's... Very I, above and beyond for work, yeah. Totally. I don't want my boss to call me anytime. Oh, no, no. <gasps> I'd be like, hi, uh, we'll check in Monday. Right? You know, in Portugal, they just passed that law that said, oh, like, your that. your bosses can't text you past a certain point. Like, cut to me on that flight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another news. I'm moving oh, to Portugal. Yeah, uh, unrelated. Um, in June 01, like we're saying, so Melanie was pregnant again. Bill's still not thrilled. That's the haiku. Uh, Bill, I mean... I think the big theme there was, like, they hadn't bought a house yet. No. And and that was, like, a big thing for Bill. Like, he really wanted that stability. Ownership, yeah. Um, And there was this whole, like, thing of him wanting to maybe move so he could buy this house and... And so, yeah, I mean, he, I don't think he was thrilled. He's thrilled. Well, he wanted, and like, he, maybe if he could have bought a house if he did stuff besides scam <laughs> casinos. But 
Uh, but so Bill trying to, you know, get that house, he started a software consulting business and uh, took up another gig. So he was rarely home at this time. Melanie, one of these, so while we're talking, we're going to hone in on one of these St. Barnabas doctors, uh, what started as a flirtationship uh, with the doctor Bradley Miller, uh, unsurprisingly turned into a full-on affair because that's usually how flirtationships will <laughs> go when you're at a company holiday party. And it lasted three years. That was surprising to me. I was like, whoa. That's, that's a lo- long time for nobody to find out. Yeah, right? I'm like, even in Grey's Anatomy, it's four episodes and then the whole floor. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, and if you're saying you're like, that's not fair, don't worry. Like, they both filed for bankruptcy. They both had affairs. It's all okay. <laughs> Bill had one with a colleague, again, a colleague, uh, Sharon Elizabeth Lablu, which I'm sort of just like, how do people have this energy at work? I can like barely send emails and people are having full on trysts. I don't, yeah, it's weird because I don't even think I've rarely ever worked somewhere with like an eligible person. I guess none of these people are eligible since they've haven't had affairs. <laughs> but I know, like no one, no one's worth risking it for the biscuiting. Yeah. And like, yeah, like how many, how many people have I actually been attracted to at my job? Like when, in all of my jobs. Right. And also I'm like, I look historically awful when I go to work. I'm that not true. I am, true. I am I am waking up two minutes before my alarm has to go off and I run to the subway. Um, that's so true. Yeah. If, if you want to have an affair with me at work, then that's a problem too. Like, but, no. I'm like, you need to have Rate better standards. standards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to believe in yourself more. That's what that's, that's our platform. I'm not worth it. Yeah. No. What? No. <laughs> and um, well, Bill wasn't also worth it for Sharon because it was a one-time thing. Bill wanted to continue it. Sharon said, I'm good. <laughs> around this time, like Sarah was saying, to uh, Bill wanted to move to Virginia Beach, which property is cheaper. I do Zillow there sometimes. It is significantly cheaper. <laughs> um, and his friends, the Rices, live there. But Melanie would not hear of it. Uh, well, obviously, because she likes her work. She likes who she works with, etc., etc. Et the thing is, Melanie and Bradley were... Planning to leave their spouses and have children together. That was kind of their end goal, their uh, dream journal, if you will. I feel Yeah, they had this end goal, but they were like, but they were supposedly waiting until the kids got older. Which I'm like, 15 years? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, so you really think you can keep a 15-year secret? What are you, the Zodiac Killer? Like... Yeah, like this is not like Santa Santa's list of who's naughty or nice. Like this is also kinda... it's yeah, it's also not, I don't I don't think that it would make the kids feel any better if like your mom left your dad for her coworker after fifteen years or after like three years. Exactly, and then also because they're gonna find out like at the at her second wedding. Oh my god! And we've been hooking up for decades. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, no, Great. no, it's not good. No, <laughs> but before they could get to that, Bill disappeared in April of two thousand and four. Hmm. At the beginning of May, police found Bill's car abandoned at the Flamingo Motel in Atlantic City. Classic. Shout out to AC. Uh, and a few days later, on Cinco de Mayo, just kidding, May 5th, but I mean, it is the same. It's uh, like, but you're not kidding. <laughs> you're not kidding. It is. Um, a fish, a, this is, okay, a fisherman found a suitcase near the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel in Virginia, okay, Virginia Beach, 
And when he opened it, he found body parts wrapped in black garbage bags. Yikes. I think we can allude to how this case got the case's name. But on top of that, like we said, on both May 11th and May 16th, two more suitcases were found, more body parts inside, and um, just to decide they were all dark green Kenneth Cole suitcases. I do love an olive. And I do like Kenneth Cole, but um, it varies. So, but also that shows too. For that that brand. Yeah, right. But that shows that all these three suitcases, because they were in different areas, same everything, and it can line up. Yep. And while the police were trying to figure out who the victim was, Melanie, no lie, she filed for divorce. Hmm. Not suspect at all. Not sussy. Then the police released a composite sketch of the victim and a Navy buddy of Bill's recognized him and called the police. After the identity of the victim was found, Melanie was questioned not to once, but to twice as the spouse of the victim, no duh. And she also literally just filed for divorce from the man. I mean, what's her excuse for like, why she didn't realize her husband was missing. Right. She's like, wait, what? Yeah. I could have sworn. Was it, was that yesterday? Was that two weeks ago? What is time? I'm sure she would probably went the, the route of like, oh, he was on a business trip for a month. <laughs> like, what, girl? It's true, yeah. Uh, and this is, what, this is what Melanie said in a 48 Hours interview when she found this out. Quote, unquote, I couldn't feel the ground under me. I was devastated. Hmm. Cut to Ray Pickle, who was the Love Virginia. That. I wonder if he's friends with Keith Mayo. Oh, oh, oh my God. They're buddies. <laughs> I, just got, I just got bread and butter pickles from Fresh Direct, and I eat that shit out of the jar. So, so good. It's so good. Uh, so Ray, Ray Pickle, shout out. He was the Virginia homicide detective, said, when you have a husband that's missing, but nobody's reported him missing, yeah, she immediately becomes a suspect. This is what I'm saying, because even, even if you believe Melanie's, I don't know, whatever, even if you believe that she didn't have anything to do with it, even if you are kind of estranged and maybe headed for divorce, like that's still presumably like that's the father of your children. Mm -hmm. If you haven't heard from them in a month, it's kind of weird to not raise any kind of flags. I was going to say literally at that point, just because like even most people, whether I mean, even the most contentious of divorces, they'd be like, okay, well like for our kids, I would like you should exist. I guess if you did get a divorce uh, recently or not so recently, and you disagree with that, please DM us. I'm, and I, I'm sure there are plenty of divorcees who who want their ex dead, and uh, I'm not judging them. Um, oh, oh, not at all. Let's drink. Let's drink Pinot Noir and unpack that, <laughs> and not act on it, but just unpack it. Just yeah. unpack. Yes, because we can't do that. No. Um, so Melanie's story. Went like this. And this is really a call to action for any divorce. It's not going to work out. Uh, if, you try to, if you try to Melanie yourself. Uh, so she said, they had just bought a new house together. And that night, we, they were going to close on the deal of the house. And he vanished. Now, this man's dream was to just own a home. So I don't know if you would Honestly, did. same. Like, uh, I've, been, I've been romanticizing yard so much lately. And I don't <laughs> know why. Like, just having grass. So true. Uh, <laughs> So she claimed that they had gotten into a fight and that he slapped her, stuffed a dryer cloth in her mouth to choke in efforts to choke her, and then fled after she locked herself in the bathroom, which is an intense claim and heavy. But also a dryer sheet. Those things are so thin. I know. I guess what like they like. You'd have to stuff like the whole stack, the whole box of dryer sheets, basically. 
That's true. Their smell always is so intense too. I guess. Oh yeah, I don't like. I don't really like dryer sheets. I oh, I'm a big. I'm a big dryer sheet fan. (laughs) I I throw, I throw, I throw multiples in. Uh, I don't know if that's wasteful or helpful, but who knows? I like, yeah. Uh, She said that she hadn't seen him since that, but again, she never filed a missing persons report. So, what is the truth? What is the reason? I guess if you believe her theory and your abusive, soon-to-be ex-husband goes missing, you're not exactly going to go looking for him. So, I I can see that argument. That is true. That is true. Yes, I get that. And um, but regardless, the TLDR, she became the prime suspect for the investigation. Because it's always the spouse. Always. So the New Jersey authorities got a court order to search her house. They did a little wiretap. When they searched the house, they weren't able to find a weapon or really much or any physical evidence of a murder. But they did find some things. So investigators were able to do this kind of test that linked the black garbage bags the body parts were wrapped in to garbage bags found in the house. And we'll get to the garbage bags later because I'm like, everybody buys hefty. Like, I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't I know what you're then, trying to say. I buy Glade garbage bags. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so you're cleared. <laughs> <I'm>, <sighs> they also found fingernail polish on a piece of tape sealing mm-hmm. the bag. And... The blanket that Bill's torso was wrapped in was the same type of blanket they used at the fertility clinic. That's, come on. And here's the pretty much literal smoking gun. So investigators found out that Melanie had purchased a 38 caliber revolver at a gun shop in Pennsylvania days before Bill vanished. Um, and Bill's cause of death was, you guessed it, two shots from a 38 caliber revolver. That's not, not good. Yeah. So um, Melanie claimed that Bill had asked her to buy the gun since he had a felony conviction from a bad driving record. Um, it is true that Bill was a really bad driver. I read that at one point he had 37 points on his license. Ooh. So he got his license taken away in New Jersey. So then in order to keep driving, they went to Pennsylvania and they basically pretended that he lived at an aunt's house and got a Pennsylvania driver's license. So another <laughs> scheme. That is a big scheme, but also, sir, I feel like I know you want to drive, but I think you should stay off the road if you have 37 Take the bus. Take the bus. Take the bus. So after Bill's body was found, Melanie told investigators to go to Atlantic City and look for his car, and lo and behold, it was found there in a parking lot, like we said. Uh, What was it? The Flamingo Hotel? The Flamingo Hotel? Hotel. Motel. Hotel, Motel, Holiday Inn, whatever. (laughs) And investigators got lucky because there was security footage. So they kind of let that fact slip to the public. And then Melanie comes back with a story. Um, My guess is because she knows that they may find her on security cameras. Um, So she says that she kind of suspected that Bill was in Atlantic City. And so she went down there to move his car to fuck with him. And she said that this was something they would do when they were mad at each other. A running practical joke. I'm like, how is that a joke? What? I can see how that's a joke, but like, I'm like, you don't even need to move my car. I naturally won't remember where I parked. (laughs) So that, yeah. And and also, yeah, like, just let me have this. Yeah. And even more, uh, I don't know, just coincidental Melanie's easy pass charges showed that she drove to AC after Bill disappeared 
And she even called Easy Pass to try to get those charges taken off. Which is, so, and, I, and it, it was one thing too, like she even had like a guy, like an uncle, I think, allegedly try to take, like call in too to be like, can you take it off? Like just kind of adding more to it, which I don't think helps if you are the driver of it. Yeah, it's big cover up energy. Um, and so then investigators found a bottle of chloral hydrate, which is a sedative and two syringes in the car. And that sedative was picked up at a Walgreens just down the road from their their kids' daycare, and it was picked up the morning Bill disappeared. Okay. And the prescription came from Dr. Miller's prescription, Pat. The man she's been having an affair with for three years. Yes, and he said he didn't sign for it, and Melanie did. So we have that. Oh, because that was it. Because like I remember, he uh, he started when like he was getting rufflings of maybe being involved. He was like, "I will help the police with whatever they need to get clear my name." Yep, yep. So then, here's another weird thing. Five days after Bill went missing, Melanie decided to take a little road trip to Delaware, and she said she was going furniture shopping. And there's um there's a podcast called Direct Appeal that really goes into her case, but um. And they think that she's innocent. But in the podcast, Melanie says that she woke up at like 7 a.m. to drive to Delaware. But they kind of bring up that she would have got in there before these alleged furniture stores would have even opened in like, why would you do that? Um, Literally, why would you do that? Right. And like, again, your husband's missing. You decide to go furniture shopping in Delaware. Also, isn't... I feel... I may be wrong, but Jersey doesn't have sales tax on furniture, and I don't think. And I think Delaware really also, okay because that was her reasoning for going to Delaware. She said there was no sales tax. Oh, I actually think Delaware also doesn't. Yeah, but but if you okay. but, but if you don't have sales tax in Jersey, then why would you drive to yeah. Delaware? Or maybe maybe it's just for clothes in Jersey. Oh, I gotta go shopping there. You but in any case, um, right after the next day after this trip is when the first suitcase washed up. Mm-hmm. Um, so investigators think that. That was uh, that was really why she went to Delaware. Which makes sense. It does make sense. Um, and then the thing is, though, there was a lot of circumstantial evidence, but really no physical evidence tying her to the murder. So law enforcement didn't find any physical evidence in their home, but they did find small pieces of Bill's flesh or what the media called human sawdust from the car. I also, like, uh, they did do some Google deep diving on her or, like, in her Google search history. And she literally would be, like, Googling, like, how to commit murder. Yes. How, how to dispose murder. of body. And her defense of that, she's like, I'm a nurse. I would know how to do all that. And it's like, that also doesn't help your case. <laughs> that doesn't help your case. I mean, I also think if you're Googling how to murder, yeah, don't, don't commit the murder. Like, it's yeah. too basic. Like, you're coming in. This is a 300-level course. <laughs> and you have no background. No, like, you had you had intro. Yeah, and also it's a thing like there's so many different ways. Like you have you never watched? Did you never watch a Dateline? Mur- how how to just? It's so true. Yeah, there's yeah there's so many. That's like me googling how to cook dinner, and it's like, yeah. well, uh, what are you going for? <laughs> Do you want cacio e pepe? Do you want shawarma? Like there's different. You need different ingredients <laughs> and directions, sweetie. Seriously, and investigators kind of developed this theory that Melanie tracked. Basically, just parts of Bill's like body on her shoes, and the luggage that Bill's body was found in matched a set that Melanie had in her basement, 
which was missing the same size bags as the one Bill's body was found in. So I'm like, okay, here we go again. You, would, you think like, she would This is really a lot to try to explain away. Right? Throw all of the bags out. If you already don't have three. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will say that it, like... If she, what I I can I can say she did it. She was convicted. So yeah, like it is pretty. I don't know. She did a lot of things right. I guess to get rid of all that physical evidence. True, because it, it hasn't really been found, and they don't. They think that investigators think that Bill was killed in the home, but then like he had to have been dismembered somewhere, and there was no yeah. physical evidence of where that was. So that's kind of crazy that that she would be able to clean something up that well, but then leave all these like stupid sloppy clues. Also, it's a lot to do with like two kids at home. That's kind of her excuse too. Yeah. She's like, I'm this tiny woman and I had two kids. Like when was I killing my husband and sawing him up? Well, you got him with the syringe and everything that made him sedated and you just went town. Also, she would have no, um, I mean, maybe different, but like no gore factor. She wouldn't be squeamish because like she works in the hospital. I guess. Yeah. I mean, in, in any case, um, on June 5th, 2005, she was arrested and charged with first degree murder and she pleaded not guilty. The trial, you know, she went to trial in 2007. It, she became known as a suitcase killer by some media outlets. It was a pretty big trial. There was some suspicion that Melanie maybe had help, but no, like accomplice has really ever been identified. And on July 19th, 2007, she was found guilty. And um, she was convicted and sentenced to life in prison. I think, doesn't she have to be like, she has to wait like 60 years until she, I don't think she's going to be parole. It's either until she's 100 or 100, 100 something or like 100 years. But she basically like has, like she doesn't, she's not going to live to see parole. No, she's, she's in there. And it's interesting because like you, like you said, no accomplice has come forward, nothing like that. And if she... Won't I mean, as of right now, as of recording, she probably will not bring anyone forward because she claims that she is still innocent and that the real killer is out there. Give me a break. Girl, awesome. I'm like, you locked you, you locked up and she keeps on trying to get uh, the case thrown out, stuff like that. Nothing, nothing's changing. Just just be honest. Just be open with us. As Lisa Renaud would say, just own it. <laughs> uh, like Sarah mentioned, she participated in a podcast called Direct Appeal. And I think it's hosted by two, like, law professors from Fairleigh Dickinson University in Jersey. And it's pretty ma- interesting. I mean, it, I'm not it, trying to start a podcast war. No, I'm not. Oh, I'm not sure. I, no, I, I just didn't, I didn't quite buy what they were selling, but, but it's a interest. I like hearing their case. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's for cool. Sure. It's a cool, different point of view. And they, she made a number of claims on this. Number one, that the gun did not match the gun used to kill Bill. No Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do love this. Volume two. No, just volume one. <laughs> oh, my God, the whistle song. <laughs> uh, quote, unquote, there were five lands and grooves that my weapon was said to have made based on the company's website. The bullets that came out of my husband had six lands and grooves, she said. Basically it just didn't. saying that, like, it didn't match. It didn't match. However, prosecutors say the gun is a match, and the manufacturer made a mistake on their website with the description and, uh, you know... Back then, copywriting wasn't as in demand online, and now it is. Uh, Patty Prezicio, uh, the lead investigator and prosecutor at the trial, said the guns were matched using ballistics and not descriptions on the manufacturer's website, which ballistics... That's kind have, of my thing. Yeah, they carry a little, 
a little more weight than what a, a bio is. It's right. Like, I'm like, maybe you had a broken leg. Maybe your copywriter <laughs> forgot to fact yeah. check. Like, I'm going to yeah. believe the ballistics on that one. It's like when people got the Kylie Swim bathing suit. So, like, this is oh, trash. Man. It's like, yeah. I'm like, it's the, the, it matches. The IRL matches. <laughs> and uh, like we were saying before, Melody's search history had a lot of things. So, how to purchase guns illegally, how to commit murder, undetectable poisons, and questions on how to sedate or kill someone. And like we were saying, she told 2020, I'm a nurse or I was a nurse. And I don't have to need to look things like that up. If I wanted to look for something like that, I have a physician's desk re- to reference. I have a book that I can look in that doesn't have leave internet history. And I'm like, so that means you did look up in a book. I'm and you just, just like, like, okay, so your defense is that you would flip through a huge ass book on how to murder someone? Doesn't help. Yeah, no. I'm doesn't gonna go help. with no. Her defense attorney said also said that anyone could have made those searches. True. I mean, sure. Her, like, four-year-old children, I guess. And also regarding the garbage bags in Melanie's house, Melanie's team's claims the proper tests to match them were not done. And on top of that, there was, like, unidentified animal hair found on Bill's body, which also was never explained. Yeah, so basically the theory... Well, one of the theories uh, put forth in that podcast... I think Melanie just thinks that Bill had like some gambling debt and like got mm. in with some bad people, which I would believe. That's yeah, she said it was like the Atlantic City mob or something. Like that. Yeah, which I would believe, but it's like, so you mean to tell me that like the killers went into your house, stole your luggage, made sure to leave some of your luggage, used your garbage bag. It's like Patsy Ramsey. I'm like, so this person broke into your house, used your pen, wrote a ransom note on your paper. Like MacGyvered a murder scene from your own house. I don't. Okay, like it's yeah, right. hard it's, to believe. It really because that's the thing. It's like we're like we could we could get you with the one thing, but the twelve twists and turns of that yeah. gets a little because people are literally saying like that sounds like it's out of the Sopranos. <laughs> yeah, I'm also not sure what to make of this like unidentified animal hair. Like I feel like if you walk by a dog within like three feet, you're gonna get some hair on you. <laughs> yeah, on right, the breed. yeah. I, I feel like I also just always have dog hair on me. Yeah. One thing that is interesting, though, is like there's never really been any anything tying like the actual murder. Like, I feel like the investigators theory that it happened at home was not really proven. So it's That's like, true. Well, where did this happen? And one of the theories in the podcast was that this happened at like a slaughterhouse because of the animal hair and like there was exsanguination. You're right. Because you need like intense stuff to like chop up but you have, Someone. like, if you're doing surgery, you have those saws. That's true. Because you That's have true. to, like, cut people open. And um, She's her, not doing surgery. She's just helping people with, like, surrogacy, but. But she can have access to it. Yeah, right. And also her affair man moved to Troy, Michigan, in case anyone is wondering. And he's trying to put all this behind him. Yeah, yikes. I mean, I love a, I love a did she do it story, like, more than anyone, but. This. Yeah, I I feel this one is a little uh, clean cut. Yeah, I just feel like with this, the simplest answer just seems like it's the answer. And like, I feel like there's only so much that you can explain away. Mm -hmm. And I also think that people really confuse like reasonable doubt with a shadow of a doubt. You know, when it comes to trials. um, That's deep. I'm like, yeah, I, I just feel like... That's true, yeah. Even though, like, okay, 
Scott Peterson, this makes me think of that because that was also a case where like there was no physical evidence tying him mm-hmm. to anything. But I think that one at least has a little bit more ambiguity than this. If I had to put the two, yeah, I would, I would agree with you on that. So I'm just like, yeah, there's no DNA or whatever, but it's like, but you had motive and you didn't report him missing and you went to Delaware and it's your suitcases and it was your air partner's prescription pad. And it's like, <gasps> it's Melanie. the improv of crime. It's yes. What? Anding herself into oh the Oh my crime. God. Seriously. It's just oh. like Melanie. Like I don't. <sighs> okay. It's like you have to, I don't know. That's a lot of things to explain. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot going on with her. Yeah. It really is a lot. Um, it really is. I think that she's definitely the real suitcase killer. I as, I agree as well. The yeah, she she really uh, claims a little bit more, and hers is a little more. One is one serve one is serving life. The other one is in Chicago right now. So well, she's. Yeah. I think she's going to go back to prison. I think so too. Actually, they I were just like, oh, right back to jail. Like that yeah. was it. Like especially do not pass the, go. Yeah, especially with the footage of her partying at jail at her jail. <laughs> Wait, what? Remember those the YouTube clips. Oh, oh yeah. Of like like smoking and drinking with her kid in prison. I'm like, where the fuck are these being filmed from? Yeah. And it was no, prison. that was that was wild. So that was all fun and games for her, I guess, while she was there. And speaking of games, I know Jorge has a good one. <laughs> All right, so for today, we will be taking a trip down to Atlantic City and the world of gambling and casinos with a game called Double Down, which is also a nod to the fact that we've done two episodes about the suitcase killer. I love it. Should we go for a third? I honestly... can we find a third suitcase killer? (laughs) I mean, too bad we've already talked about Luca Magnata, but I bet we can find a third. That's true. So this is how it's going to work. I'm going to be asking you a series of questions about pretty obscure betting terms, but Mm. listen carefully because each of the questions has a little hint in it. So you might be able to work it out just from the questions themselves. Also, in this game, there's going to be a little bit of betting involved. You will have one chance each throughout the game to double down. If you double down on a question and you get it right, you're going to get double the points. Two points, but if you get it wrong after you've doubled down, you're going to lose a point. Ooh. So oh. use it sparingly, and there are some stakes here. Okay. Yeah, for two people who do not gamble, this will be really fun. <laughs> <if you're laughs> saying, we're like, no, we're so risk averse. Yeah. At least we can like ease into it by gambling with fake points. That's true. There you go. Because yeah, go. I really want to ease into gambling. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they get you. I'm like, fine, I'll give you a $500. Okay. <laughs> First, you start playing a game with Jorge, and next thing you know, you've... You're at the Flamingo Motel. (laughs) All right. First up, Danny, you will be first. Here is your question. (laughs) The World Series of Poker is played in Las Vegas, Nevada. But what is the state-named poker game that is actually played? Wait. (laughs) Wait. Can you repeat that? Do I name a state? So the oh, wait, World what Se- is the state name poker game? That is played in the World Series of Poker. Texas Hold'em. That is correct, Danny. Well <laughs> done. You get a point. Well done. Well done. All right, Sarah, this one's for you. You would be barking up the wrong tree if you were to place a bet 
on the expected loser of a sporting event, which is called what? Uh, what the name of the event? The name of the expected loser of a sporting event. And remember, you would be barking oh, the up underdog? the wall. That is correct. Uh, it's, it's like Jeopardy. Well we done. get a little hint in the clue. <laughs> That's exactly. Right. Exactly. Another name for this is the puppy. They're also oh, called really? the puppy. Yeah. Puppy ball? <laughs> That's how we get hooked on gambling. We're like, the puppy. Put it on oh, the puppy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Danny. Here's, oh, the, here's the next one. You wouldn't be pulling my leg if you told me this is what happens when you neither win nor lose a bet. Pulling my leg if you win. Uh, you wouldn't be pulling my leg if you told me this is what happens oh. when you neither win nor lose a bet. I was going to say you draw, but I don't, I don't know. No. Um, wait, pulling leg, that means you're lying. So you wouldn't be your truth? <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, that is incorrect, Danny. The uh, correct answer is push. Oh. Pushing. My ah, leg. interesting. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, this happens in blackjack. For example, yeah. if you and the dealer tie and you get the same number, it's just a push. So you get oh. back your chips that you bet in. You don't lose anything, but you don't win anything. Oh, because they push it back to you? Exactly. Oh, it's a push. okay. There you go. All right. We are tied at one point each. Sarah, this is the next question. Your teacher would be making the right bet by writing the expected winner of a sporting event on the board, which is called what? What the name of the board is? What the name of the expected winner oh. of a bet is. Teacher. What was it? Your teacher wouldn't be... Your teacher would be making the right bet by writing the expected winner of the sporting event on the board. I'm just going to say front runner, but I don't think that's right. That is incorrect, Sarah. The correct answer is chalk. Oh. The oh, favorite. It's called the chalk. Ah, oh. no. I was going to say favorite. <laughs> <laughs> These are all synonyms. We're, we're These, doing great. That's, that's true. true. That's true. We are pretty close. All right. Tight at one. Danny. <laughs> This is your last question, so if you want to use the double down, now would be the time to do it. But here's the question. Sure, I'll double down. All right, uh, you want to hear the question first? Oh, oh, I can? Okay, yeah, I'll do that. Okay, okay. I, I thought, I didn't know how, okay. Even though whales go down deep, what is another name for a wealthy gambler that goes the opposite direction? This is so hard. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'm, I'll double down and say dolphin? <laughs> <laughs> that is incorrect, Daddy. I am sorry. You have lost a point. No. <laughs> the correct answer was high roller. Because whales go whale? down. Whales. And this is the opposite direction, which is high. I feel like we got confused by the yeah, that All right, all right. But I will true. say another like name clues, for high rollers at casinos is whales. They call them whales. Huh. Good to because know. they come with Good a lot know. of money and they just sit down and spend a ton of money. They're they're called whales. Oh. So that was what like a double do hint. With that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. This is why we I also could get like us like just drinking whiskey. What the fuck is your clip like just getting kicked out of Atlantic City Casino? <laughs> All right, Sarah, this is your last question. Here we go. Girl. Oh wow. Double okay. double down, girl. <laughs> In craps, it is not easy for this to happen. But when the same number comes up on both dice, what is this called? Oh, I have no idea. Um 
It is not no, easy I, for this to happen. A hard something. A hard roll? So close. Oh. The hard way is the correct answer, Sarah. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, the hard way. With Snake Eyes, know? for example, is a version of the hard way. Oh, God. I thought that's what it was always bad. called, but I guess that's the two. Okay, that's yeah, Snake Eyes is the only one. It's once across. Ooh. So, uh, Sarah, you are the winner of Woo! Double Down. Congratulations. This Otherwise, is... we did not push. <laughs> <laughs> well done. This is the beginning of what I can already tell will be a long and illustrious career as a gambler, Sarah. So. Oh, oh, for sure. Who <laughs> wants to go to Mohegan Sun? <laughs> Our first live show will be in Atlantic City parking lot. <laughs> not going to write it off. Never, you never, never. But thank you, Jorge. We've Absolutely. learned many skills that we will take to Atlantic City. <laughs> and et cetera and beyond. <sighs> well, this was, that was illuminating. It was illuminating across the board. It's always good to do a Jersey case. And, Honestly, uh, I think we should just become like a Jersey podcast. There's more than enough material. I mean, The Sopranos lasted six or seven seasons. So it really, <laughs> there's, there's potential there. Just mix in some fictional murders and see if anyone yeah. guesses. That would be kind of fun. That would be very interesting. <laughs> be fun but other than that i think i think that's it for the suitcase killer if there's a third one let us know put it in the group not another true crime group um also i love all the people who are like i'm joining because you guys won't shut the fuck up about this group <laughs> I'm like yay yes. i hope it lives up to the expectations yes i hope it does it should it's fun yeah otherwise you can just dm it to us at not another true crime on instagram and you can follow us on our own instagrams you could follow me at cashmere danny cashmere with a k Follow me at Sarah Lameem. And we'll be back next week with probably not a suitcase killer, but you never know. So stay tuned. Never say never, Justin Bieber. <laughs> not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to NATC at Betches.com. Betches.